What's up, Ascenders? Welcome to The Ascend Show. I'm your host, Brian Henry, and in this episode, I'm chatting with Sean Croxton. Here's what's coming up. We need to understand that the greatest achievers in this world, the greatest achievers in history, are no different than any of us. Every single thing that's been created came out of somebody's mind. And in order to create it, they had to use their hidden powers within. So in this episode, I speak to Sean Croxton, and Sean is all about redefining what it means to be a one percenter. And as I spoke to Sean, I quickly realized that being a one percenter has quite a bit in common with being an ascender. See, being a one percenter isn't just about getting what you want. Sean says it's about what you're willing to give and who you must become to do so. And that's exactly what we discuss in this episode. Sean's written an ebook that he has available online for free titled The One Percenter's Mind, Seven Steps to Beating Fear, Doubt, and Indecision, and How to Get Anything You Want. In the interview, Sean and I walk through these seven steps and thoroughly break them down so that you can understand what needs to happen in order for you to get what it is that you want. One last quick thing before you guys get into the interview. Unfortunately, when I was speaking to Sean, I was having a little bit of tech issues with my recording equipment. And as a result, there's a bit of a buzzing sound throughout the recording. It's nothing too serious, but I thought I'd give you guys the heads up. I do apologize for the audio quality, but I definitely think it's still worth a listen because as you'll soon find out, Sean had a lot of great things to say in the conversation we had. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Sean Croxton, welcome to Ascend. I'm so happy that we can finally have you on the show. Oh, thanks so so much for having me, Brian. I really appreciate it. This is going to be fun. It will be. So I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but we actually have quite a bit in common. You uh, you started off your career in the field of health and fitness and became a certified personal trainer. I'm also a, uh, a personal trainer myself. You you also started a a brand and YouTube channel called Underground Wellness way back in the day when I think um, that channel was one of the, the first health and fitness YouTube channels, correct? Yeah, it was one of the first long, 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 long time ago when, when 600 subscribers on YouTube was a big deal. <laughs> really? And uh, these days, uh, the uh, YouTube's saturated with all, all kinds of fitness guys, man. Yeah, I know. For sure. So I know you took on a little bit more of a uh, holistic approach to, to health and fat loss, and you uh, you wrote on the topic in your book, The Dark Side of Fat Loss. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, The Dark Side of Fat Loss, honestly, it, it should be called How to Get Healthy because that's what it's really all about. Um, you know, to, to get people's attention, you got to say fat loss, and, you know, the book will help you lose weight, but what it does is kind of changes the paradigm. And what I mean by that is that back in those days, and probably to some extent now, people tend to think that weight loss is all about calories in, calories out. And there is a lot of truth to that. I mean, that's not completely fallacious, right? However, 
there's a lot of other components to it, such as your digestion, such as your hormones. Like, for example, I might have been working with a client, because I was a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, a, a client who was unable to lose weight no matter what he or she did. And when I ran a saliva panel on, on, on this person that's kind of looked at all of their hormones, such as testosterone, estrogen, cortisol, DHEA, all that really important stuff. What we would find is that person hardly had any testosterone going on. And if you don't really have a whole lot of testosterone going on, the likelihood that you're really going to be able to lose the weight that you want to lose and put on the muscle that you want to put on is probably not going to happen regardless of what you do. And so those are the things, or that's just one of the things that people are missing as part of their program when they're just focused in on calories in, calories out. And so let's look at the hormones. And if the hormones are off, then let's go ahead and look at why they're off. What's going on with the digestion? What's going on with the detoxification system? What's going on with the immune system? What's going on with your body holistically? And when we can answer those questions, that's when we get the answers that we need and people actually start to understand why they can't lose weight. And so um, that book just covers from A to Z all of those things that I talked about, and it does it in a very um, humorous way, and it just breaks really complicated things down uh, uh, to the level where people can actually understand them, where I'm not talking over, over anybody's head, where a sixth grader can actually read my book and be like, oh my God, and they'll know more about health than 99% of the population, and they might laugh a few times on the way. There you go. So I love it, man. I I, I definitely appreciate the, uh, the the addressing of those deeper layers that that can uh, affect health and fitness. And I definitely do uh, try to take those things into account when when I deal with my clients and the people that I'm trying to help reach their fitness goals. Um, but of course, you started to to make a little bit of a transition back in 2015 to even deeper layers um, of of us and. Uh, in, in that year, you started to transition your focus more towards the side of personal development. What made you want to transition from that health and fitness field to that more more personal development side of things? Honestly, I just got kind of tired and bored of the health space. It, was just, it had just run its course. Uh, Lisa Nichols, who was a guest on my, my newer podcast, she says that callings have seasons, and sometimes the season just has to end. And my season, when it came to health, was just over. And it had been over for about a good six to eight months by the time I finally made the decision that it needed to be over and I had to start something new. But, you know, I, I just felt like I had interviewed... 500 or so different experts, you know, on different topics in the health space. And I felt like while it was good, while I learned a lot, while I helped a lot of people, I felt that at, at, to some extent I was kind of contributing to the problem. And that problem being, you can listen to my show this week and it might be someone saying that uh, your hormones are off and you need to get an adrenal panel for whatever problem that you have. Next week, whatever problem that you have, there'll be an expert on there saying, you know what, it's not the adrenal thing, it's actually a vitamin D deficiency. The next week, you might be listening to my show and the gluten expert's on telling you that everything that's wrong with you has to do with the fact that you eat gluten. And then the next week, and on and on and on and on and on. And it just didn't feel good anymore. It just didn't feel like something that I wanted to do. It's not that I regret it. It's not that I, you know, and looking back, I wish that I didn't do it. I, I love the fact that I did it and all that information and all those podcasts are still there posted online for anybody who wants to learn, you know, why something may be ailing them. But it, it was time to move on because 
I wasn't into it anymore, but I also understood that in order for somebody to get healthy, they have to develop as people. Because one of the reasons why people are unhealthy is because they're victims of their own lives. They're victims of their own circumstances. They're running around doing things that aren't important to them. They're getting in their car at you know 7.30 on a Monday morning, dreading the fact that they have to go to work, sitting in traffic you know, with their phones you know, ringing off the hook. Everybody wants something from them, and they got to go sit in a cubicle for the next 8 to 10 hours doing something that they absolutely don't want to do. Then they come home, and they have to veg out on their on their on their couch watching TV, not doing any physical activity just to recover so they can do it all again the next day. And that sounds pretty freaking miserable to me. And what's going on with people's bodies is from a hormonal level, that's just breaking down your body. You're in a high cortisol state all day. And that just breaks down the body. And when you're breaking down the body like that every single day, when you're a victim to the life that you have, when it's everybody else's fault, when you're blaming this guy and that girl and your boss and all that stuff, the only thing that can happen to you is your health breaks down. And so I think it's incredibly important for people to look a, a, a level deeper than their health and start to look at their lives and see and say, hey, is what I've got going on here, is this what I really want? And if it's not, then okay, what can I do to become the person to create the life that I want? And that's what I want to do in the personal development game, which is really help the people out there, help at least one million people out there find those hidden powers that lie dormant within so they can get what they want and live the life that they want to live. Nice. So, Speaking of those powers, uh, you write about them in your ebook, The One Percenter's Mind, Seven Steps to Beating Fear, Doubt, and Indecision, and How to Get Anything You Want. For our audience listening, the ebook is available online for free, and we'll, we'll post a, uh, a link to it in the show notes. Um, but you speak about these powers at quite length in, in that ebook there, Sean, and I wanted to spend some time with you going over those seven steps, breaking them down as, as best as we could, and um, for anyone that wants to, to get into it a little bit more, of course, the, uh, the ebook, again, is the, the best way to, to learn, those, learn thoroughly about those seven steps. Right, and, and before we get to that, I want people to understand what it means or what the, the book means by the one percenter's mind, because a lot of people might hear that and be like, ooh, one percenters, those are greedy, evil people who want all my money, and da, 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 da. I mean, people were like occupying Wall Street like to protest one percenters, so I want to make something clear. Being a one percenter, or I should say what I'm doing here is I'm redefining what it means to be a one percenter. And it does have to do with money, just a little bit. But it mostly has to do with knowing what you want. You know, there's so many people in the world who just don't know what they want. You ask them, hey, what do you want to do with your life? You're like, I don't know. I can't make a decision. I don't know. And when you don't have a destination, you're really not going anywhere. You're just kind of either treading water or you're actually moving backwards. And so what it means to be a one percenter is that one percent or maybe two percent of the population knows what they want. They take full responsibility for their lives instead of blaming people for everything. They guard and protect their mind. They read good books. They don't uh, surround themselves with a lot of negative people. Uh, they choose faith over fear. They use their imaginations. They invest in themselves. They have gratitude, gratitude for the things they have and the things that they're going to have. They expect the good. Right, those are the things that make someone a one percenter. And so it's not just all about money and trying to you know, have all this blinged out stuff. It's just about becoming a more generous, loving, giving person because a lot of people have forgotten or they were never taught that in order to get, you have to give. 
people have that whole thing all screwed up. They're just like, what can I get? What can I get? Without actually trying to do any service for anybody. And so to be a one percenter is about unlimited success and generosity from the inside out. Now, you asked me about um, the, the hidden powers that are dormant within. And like I said, it's from the inside out. And before I get to that, I got one more thing for you. We need to understand that the greatest achievers in this world, the greatest achievers in history are no different than any of us. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, they didn't come into this world, you know, Thomas Edison or Martin Luther King or Sarah Blakely who made Spanx or Beyonce or Jay-Z or whoever you look up to who made a big impact on this world. Whoever you look up to who, when we're all dead and gone, they're still going to be in the history books. Those people, they were no different. Jay-Z didn't come out the womb with a microphone in his hand. Nor did Beyonce. She didn't come out the womb dancing. Thomas Edison didn't come out the womb with... The, with a, a, a light bulb in his hand. The Wright brothers, <laughs> yeah, the Wright the, the, the brothers didn't come out the room flying an airplane. They had to tap in to the hidden powers that are, that, are, that are within us all in order to make that stuff happen. But a lot of us don't even realize that we even have this stuff. Right. And so when we talk about what those, those powers are, we're talking about the imagination. You know, the imagination is huge. We have been taught to ignore our imaginations. Our imaginations have, put into, have been put into exile, right? When we're little kids, we're in, a, we're in school, we're looking at the window where our teacher might be talking and we're just daydreaming. We're thinking about all this cool thing, all these cool things that we want to create, all these cool things that we want to do. And what happens? What does your teacher do? Brian, pay attention. Brian, what are you doing? Why are you over there daydreaming, right? Even as an adult, we might imagine some really cool thing that we want to do with our lives. And what happens? We tell a friend about it. Oh, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, the, that, that's just a pipe dream. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a pipe dream. It's a dream. It's an idea. It's a thought. And what our responsibility is is to turn that thought and turn that idea into a physical thing. Everything you, you have that's around me. I'm standing here at a desk, and it's a stand-up desk. And this stand-up desk that I got from Ikea or something mm-hmm. was, a, was an idea in somebody's mind one right. day. Someone like literally, that. yeah, they were sitting there or they were on a walk and they were like, you know what? I think it'd be really cool if I, I could stand up and work because I don't like sitting down all day. All right, okay, I'm going to create this. And they just, they made it. Yep. And now it's yep. right here. And you chances, know, or are, chances are uh, his friend told him who wants a standing desk, right? Yeah, who wants to stand up and, and work? Who wants to do that, man? I just want to sit down. <laughs> People don't want to stand up. And now we've got all kind of stand-up tests. I'm, sta- I'm, I'm talking into a microphone right now that some guy invented. It came out of his brain. I, I got a computer. I got two computers in front of me right now that came out of Steve Jobs' brain, right? And we have to realize that every single thing that's around us. Every single thing that's been created came out of somebody's mind. And in order to create it, they had to use their hidden powers within. But at first, it started with their imagination. Right. And that's how things get created. So the imagination is huge. Your will is huge as well. Your will is basically your ability to hold an image which is created by your imagination, on the screen of your mind to the exclusion of all outside distractions. It's to say, here's what I want to do. F what everybody else is going to say. F every other thing that's trying to come into my world and distract me. I'm going to get this thing done. Mm -hmm. And that's how you see see things through. See, what a lot of people do is they'll come up with an idea 
or they, they say, here's what I want to do, and here's why I want to do it, and they'll start to do it. They'll start taking action, and they'll try one thing, and they'll try it for a little while, and they'll be like, ah, oh, this isn't working. And then they'll try another thing, and they'll try that for a little while, and they go, oh, this, is work- this isn't working. And then they'll try something else, and that doesn't work. And they go, you know what? It's just not meant to be. What? You tried three things, max. This is what people do. They try three things, max, and then they give up. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. They say Thomas Edison screwed up with the light bulb 10,000 times. I think he did. 10,000 times. It, it, it didn't work. 10,000 times. And somebody asked him, like, what's that like to, to fail 10,000 times? He said, uh, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I found 10,000 ways not to do it. Right? He found a lesson in the failures. What we do is we fail and we go, oh, it just wasn't meant to be. And so the people who get stuff done, I was at, just real quick, did you see Kobe Bryant's last game? No, I did not. He scored 60 points last game ever. Right, right, they're, right. they're down by like 12 points with like a minute 15 to go. Yeah, yeah. And he scores 60 points. He hits the go-ahead basket with about 12 seconds left, and they win the game, mm-hmm. and he rides off into the sunset. That was perhaps the greatest demonstration of will I've ever seen. The look on his eye, that mamba look, like, I am going to get this done. Even if you guys have to carry me off of this court, I am not losing this game. That's the kind of will that we need to have in order to get the things that we want in our lives, in order to live the life that we want to live. But instead, you know what we do? We sit on our couch and we watch the Kardashians. We watch other people who are using their wills to, 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 to make their lives better. That's what we want to do. We want to talk yeah. about it. We want to criticize it. And then, you know, we want to flip the channel and then watch somebody else do it. And then we say, oh, I don't have any time to do the things I want to do. That's bull. Mm-hmm. And so that's number two. Do you want to go through them all? Because I can talk about this stuff all day. Yeah, well, you know what? Let's at least touch on each of them. I mean, I think in that last, like, five minutes, you basically broke down the entire book. Um, <laughs> but just to provide some uh, some digestible steps for the audience, I do want to just kind of touch on each of them because I think that's one of the things that I like most about your book, uh, the fact that you broke it down into those digestible steps. So rather than just throwing all this information at them, um, you, you show that step-by-step process of, this is what you got to do first. This is what you got to do next. And with those those steps now, I think it's a it's a lot easier to absorb and retain than than just kind of having all this having all this information tossed at you. But I got you. Like or yeah. just real quick. Or what the audience can do mm-hmm. is they can listen to this episode over and over and over again. Oh, they that's, should. That's how you learn. You know, I, I read a lot of books, um, and very seldom do I ever read anything once. You have to read it over and over and over again. I'm reading a book right now. It's the biography of Werner Erhard, who was the um, founder of S, and it's, it's landmark education now. And I'm reading it for a second time, and I probably read it for the first time maybe last uh, March, I think it was. And reading it for the second time is like reading it the first time. It's funny how much your brain will forget just after a week. I think after a week and you've, you've read something or you've, you've heard something, I think you, you lose 93% of it. It's just gone. And so listen to it over and over and over again, and these concepts will really, will really stick and they'll, be, they'll become part of you. But So you want to talk about the seven steps straight through? 
Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I mean, there's some some key components that I definitely want to touch on. Um, okay. We don't have to spend too too much time going into depth of each of the steps because I think the best uh, the best way to access those is to to, to read the entire book. Um, I mean, it's not it's not too lengthy of a read at all. So the best way to to get a feel for each of the steps is for sure reading the ebook. But I mean, there's a few key concepts that I want to touch on at least a little bit. Um, so in the first step now, the first step is understand, and that's uh, like we, we talked about. You kind of have to understand how you and your mind works before you can you can leverage them to, to achieve what it is that you want, right? Um, and one of the things that you you encourage the readers to, to better understand is the, the subconscious mind, right? So what uh, – well, tell us in the – your your words. What is the definition between, or the difference between the the conscious and subconscious mind, and how do we how do we use each of the two? Well, well, well. The, the conscious mind is the mind that has the ability to accept or reject a concept, and so you can be reading something, you can hear something, a friend might tell you something, you can see something on the news, and you have the ability to be like, okay. I can accept that one. Or you can be like, nah, that's BS. I'm good. So it's your thinking mind. It's your mind of education. It's the mind that your educational system tends to work on. Uh, when we set a goal, we t- tend to use our conscious minds in order to create that goal. But here's the thing. We also have a subconscious mind. And the difference between the con- conscious mind and the subconscious mind is that while the conscious mind can recept or reject while it can filter, the subconscious mind cannot reject. It can only accept. So whatever you accept consciously is going to go right down to your subconscious mind. And whatever your subconscious mind believes, you will express, whether you like it or you don't. It's your emotional mind. It's your feeling mind. So what I should do here, just real quick, is I should back up so your audience can understand how the mind works. So here's the thing. Your thoughts The way that you think, those thoughts become your feelings, and your feelings become your actions, and your actions become your results. So again, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. And so the thinking part of it happens consciously. The feeling part of it happens subconsciously. The acting part, that's your body actually taking action, making moves in the world in order to create what you want, and then you get your results, which is the circumstances and the events and the people that you have in your life. But here's the thing. Your subconscious mind has been programmed, unfortunately. When you were born, you really didn't have the ability to accept or reject stuff. You know, your, your, your mom doesn't say something to you where you're, you're, you're two to three years old or two to three months old, and you don't go, oh, I'm not sure about that one. I don't know. Or, oh, maybe I'll take that one. You accept it all. Right. Your conscious mind just isn't even really there. Everything is dumped into your subconscious mind, and it's becoming your belief system. And so think about it this way. Because here's one that everybody or just about everybody can, can, can relate to in one way or another. Think about the way that you were raised or, or, or how you were taught to believe about money, your money mindset. People have so many different issues, sabotage issues when it comes to money. And so, you know, when I was a kid, I used to hear things about, you know, people who make money are bad. 
they're greedy, you have to work really, really hard to make money, you have to have a really good education to make money, you have to have a degree, and da 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 or you're going to be a failure. I learned that money doesn't grow on trees. Uh, I, I learned all kind of stuff. I'm not made of money, you know, I would hear. I learned that money was scarce. I learned that the only way that I would ever make any significant money is to win the lottery, right? And so those are statements that have literally been hardwired into people's subconscious minds. And remember, your actions, they're rooted in your subconscious mind. And so what happens for people is they will consciously, and I'm just going to say with the example of money, they will consciously say, I want to make $100,000 this year. Or they'll say, I want to put away so much money this year. Or they'll say, you know what? I want something called financial independence. I want to get out of debt. I want to be free financially. But if they still have this paradigm, that's what it's called, this, this, this collective group of this, this belief system in their subconscious mind, which has actually become their habits, then what you're going to end up having is this war going on in your mind and your body where something just isn't right, where you can do it for seven, eight, nine, ten days, maybe two weeks, but after that time, you start to sabotage yourself. It's like the person who says, oh, it's, it's January 1st, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, I'm going to start eating right, and then two weeks later, they've completely forgotten about their New Year's resolution. What happened there is that the subconscious mind won. Mm-hmm. And when the subconscious mind wins, you sabotage yourself, and you go back right to the same thinking that you had before, and again, your thinking causes your feelings. Your feelings create your actions. Your actions create your results. And too many of us are, are, are making, are looking at our results, I should say, and, and creating our thoughts from our results. We're saying, oh my gosh, you only have $50 in the bank. So you're going to have thoughts like what? Oh, I'm broke. I'm not deserving of money. I don't have enough money to support my family. I don't have enough money. I'm never going to have money because you have 50 bucks in your accounts. And then what kind of feelings are you going to have? You're going to have I'm broke type of feelings. And what kind of actions are you going to take if you have I'm broke type of feelings? You're going to create broke actions. You're just going to get more of the same. You're going to have the same results. And then based on your results, you're going to continue thinking that way. What we have to understand is that it doesn't begin with the circumstances. It doesn't begin with the results. It begins, it begins with your thinking. As a man thinketh, so is he or she, right? And so we have to get down to the thinking and actually teach ourselves to think better, to see the brighter side and to understand that what we see, let me rephrase that. We have to understand that seeing is not believing. See, we see stuff and we believe that that, that's all there is. That's all there will ever be. That's all reality and we're stuck in it. It doesn't work that way. For me, I can be stuck in very negative circumstances, but I won't accept them. I reject those in my conscious mind and I create thoughts that say there's something better than that. And I'm going to decide what that thing is and I'm going to go ahead and do it. Because when I think that way, that there's something better out there, it's going to create feelings of hope and optimism. And when you have feelings of hope and optimism, you're going to get hopeful and optimistic actions. And when you have those type of actions, that's the way you, you, you're going to change your results. And that's what the book is about, changing your results based on the way that you think, getting out of the negative thought cesspool that 98% of the population is living in. 
I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot. I'm kind of on fire today. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's kind of <laughs> why I brought you on the show um, to talk a lot, man. That's uh, no, we we need to hear this, right? Um, I think having that that deep understanding of our subconscious is the the first step, uh, and you put it in as the first step in changing and shaping our subconscious to being something that actually serves us and not not something that's going to to hold us back, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that brings us to to our second step, which I think you've already. Uh, broken down pretty clearly is, is choosing, choosing the thoughts that we, we entertain so that we can sub- shape our subconscious in that way that is going to, to serve us. And when we have that thorough understanding of, of the fact that our subconscious belief systems are, are going to influence influence our feelings, influence our, our actions, then what other reason, why wouldn't you choose thoughts that, that are going to serve you because um, I'm sure you can explain this a little uh, you don't necessarily you can choose thoughts that you may not necessarily believe at your core at a given time correct? So you're asking me if, if we can choose thoughts that we don't believe at our core? Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. so if someone for example using that, that money example um, at their their very core at their at their subconscious they they don't have a, a a strong belief system in in feeling as though that that there's abundance out there that they can they can build um, build something that's going to generate them abundance. Yes. Um, how does one go about choosing thoughts that that kind of reshape that those subconscious beliefs? Well, I, I, I want to comment a little bit on that. Your beliefs are your life, period, point blank. However your life is right now, is a, it's a mirror reflection of your beliefs, your expectations, your assumptions, all of this stuff that you've created in your mind based on your programming that was handed down to you from the authorities uh, that, that, that were around you early in your life and probably authorities that are around you right now, including family and friends, uh, events that have happened and the meaning that we created with them because that's what we are. We're meaning-making machines. Things are going to happen in our lives and we're going to be like, oh, that means this. And what it means is typically something negative. And if it's at a certain age, we tend to make it negative about ourselves. And so then we end up with a really poor self-image. And if you have a poor self-image, then almost nothing works. So what we have to do is understand that since our lives are just a direct reflection of our beliefs, that our belief cup is kind of full. And what we need to do is start to pour some of those beliefs out and become open to new things happening in our lives. Now, one of the things that we can do is we can actually just think about this for a second because no one ever does this. Think about why do I believe this? Why do I believe that I encounter who has money? Why do I think that they're horrible people? Why? They haven't shown me that they're horrible people. I mean, just for me personally, the, the people I know, I know a lot of people who have, you know, make a lot of money online and all that stuff. And for the most part, you know, there's some douchebags in there and, you know, in there. But, but, but for the most part, they're very, very nice, generous, giving people. And so I think we have to, again, stop and go, why do I believe this? Why don't I like this person? Why don't I like this other person who may not be, you know, have the same sexual orientation as me? Why don't I like this person who looks different from me? Why is that? 
at what point did I make a decision as to whether or not I liked this person? And what you're going to find is that you really didn't make a decision as to whether you liked that person. You really didn't make a decision as to whether uh, rich people were greedy. Somebody decided for you. Somebody impressed their ideas upon you, and you know how they got them? They got them from somebody else when they were little. You know where they got them? They got them from somebody else, and it just keeps going. I think it's important to understand that because that way you can break the chain. And so just go, wait, why do I believe this? I have no freaking idea why I believe this. Number two is the thoughts that we have about ourselves and also thoughts about others. What we need to do is put them on, on the stand and cross-examine them and build evidence as to why they're not true. And so I, I used to deal with like serious depression and anxiety, the, the, the chatter that used to go on in my mind was terrible. It was the worst thing in the world. And I read a few books about neurolinguistic programming and language and all that stuff. And what it allowed me to do is to break down the things that that chatterbox was telling me. Nobody likes you, Sean. Nobody wants to be your friend. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Nobody wants to be my friend? I've never had a friend in the whole wide world. Are you kidding me? You know, Sean, nobody wants to hear what you want to say. Just keep your mouth shut. Wait, 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 wait. In my entire 30-something years, no one's ever wanted to hear what I wanted to say. I never had anything good to contribute to, to any conversation. Really? And it's, you'll realize that 99% of the stuff that you say in your head is bullshit. Like, it's just, it's just not true. And a lot of it is just based on stuff that was passed down to us. It's based on decisions that we made about something that happened and the meaning that we, we attributed to what happened. And it was so long ago, and we've grown up with it so long that it just became a part of us, and we stopped questioning it. We stopped examining it. And so that's one thing that people can do is examine where their beliefs come from and examine the chatter that goes on in their head and realize that most of that stuff, if not all of that stuff, is not true. That's huge. All right. So um, I think with that, again, with that deep understanding of, of some of your beliefs didn't come from, from or came from someone else, uh, you get put in a position where, where the self-awareness could come into play and you can start to challenge those beliefs, right? Um, and then when you start to choose choose the thoughts that serve you, um, you can you can again reshape that subconscious, um, yeah. but it of course has to start with that that understanding we talked about, right? Yeah, I, I do I do want to jump in here though and talk a little bit about the terror barrier because this is just one of those things where I feel like it's just it's part of the roadmap. You know, you tell somebody to go somewhere and, you know, there might be some rough roads. And if you don't tell them about them, they're like, oh, dude, we had to go through these rough roads. Why didn't you tell me about them? I would have prepared. Da, 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 da. So I want to prepare, yep. prepare people for what's going to happen. You see, these negative beliefs that you have, these unproductive beliefs, I should say, this belief system, this paradigm that's in your subconscious mind that's been programmed within you, we'll call it your X paradigm. It's your X type of thinking, your X type of subconscious thinking. Now, what's happened for most of your life is you've probably surrounded yourself with people who confirm that X type of thinking. You've taken actions that confirm that X type of thinking. You thought that money didn't grow on trees. You thought that everybody with money was greedy. That's why you're broke. You know, you have broke thoughts consciously and subconsciously. You're going to be broke. Now, what happens is when we consciously say, 
after asking ourselves where these beliefs come from and putting our beliefs on the stand and all that stuff I just got talk, just got done talking about, we're going to consciously say, I want to make $100,000 this year and I'm going to do it. Brian, I'm dead serious. I'm going to do this. And so we'll call that the why idea. So you got a why idea in your conscious mind. You've got an X idea in your subconscious mind. Completely different ideas, completely different ways of thinking. And then you impress, you accept that Y idea that you're going to make $100,000. And you impress it into your subconscious mind by accepting it. Now what do you have in your subconscious mind? You have an X idea hanging out with a Y idea. That X idea, that was those, you know, money's greedy, people with money are greedy. That idea is now, which has been there forever, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, it's going, wait, 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 wait. What is this? What is this new idea? What is this new belief? What is this new goal doing in here? Nah, 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 nah. That's not how we operate. Let's get this thing out of here. And so what happens is this war starts to happen in your mind and in your body. You get put into this weird vibration. And the way that people react to this is typically they'll go, They'll try a few things and they'll push against it and they'll be like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then things get so, so bad and they start to feel so uncomfortable that they say, you know what, like I said before, this isn't for me. Um, I just wasn't meant to do this. I'm going to go back to my comfort, comfort zone. I'm going to go back to where I came from. I'm going to let this whole idea and this whole goal go. Mm-hmm. That's what happens to, see, see, here's the thing. We have to understand Thomas Edison, Jay-Z. Beyonce, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Tony Robbins, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, everybody. This happens to everybody. It doesn't just happen to some people and not happen to others. This happens to everybody. It's like puberty. You just kind of go through it, right? But if nobody ever explained puberty to you, you might be like, oh my God, what is happening? What is happening? You you might think you're going to die, right? Yeah. And so understanding that we have a terror barrier, understanding what happens when we create a conscious goal and try to put it down into our subconscious mind where the complete opposite has been hanging out forever, you're going to get into a war. You're going to get very, very uncomfortable. But the only way to put down that giant, that monster of a paradigm, that negative paradigm, is to keep pushing forward. Mm -hmm. That's it. There's no secret to it. There's, there's nothing that anybody's ever going to tell you. There's no book that you can read to make it easier on yourself. Mm-hmm. You just got to know that it's going to happen. You got to keep pushing through. Because if you're looking for the book, or you're looking for those encouraging words, you know, that, that are going to make the paradigm go away, you're going to keep looking for the rest of your life. Because every successful person who has created the life that they wanted had to get uncomfortable before they found the comfort that they wanted. Right. So action is the only way to... To defeat that terror barrier. Walk up to your fears, my man. Mm-hmm. It's the only way. There are no tricks. You walk up to your fears and you say, hey, fear, would you like to dance? <laughs> and you just dance with it. Because here's the thing. The fear is never going to go away. Right. If you have the expectation that the fear is going to go away, it's not. I'm sure you were slightly nervous before you called me on Skype. You're probably slightly nervous right now. I'm nervous through my entire interviews when I'm doing my podcast. I'm nervous leading up to it. I'm, le- I'm nervous like right before I Skype them. I'm nervous when I'm doing it. I'm nervous when I'm writing the, the email to tell my listeners about it. I'm nervous the whole time. There's fear with me. But instead of saying, hey, fear, I'm going to allow you 
to stop me from doing what I want to do, I say, hey, fear, come hang out and enjoy the ride because I'm about to do this thing anyway and you can deal with it or you can not deal with it, but I never expect you to go away because you're always going to be there because to, to a certain extent, that fear, while it can be limiting sometimes and it can get uncomfortable at time, times, that fear keeps me from flying off the edge and doing crazy stuff. So that fear actually works for me to some extent and that's why we dance together. And I never expect it to go away. It's always going to be there. I'm actually probably going to be a little worried when it goes away because I might think I've lost my mind. We need the fear. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for today's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find the show notes to the episode at ascendshow.com forward slash one. And this is actually just part one of a two-part interview that I did with Sean. There's a little bit of a longer conversation that we had, so I did decide to split it up into two different episodes. So if you'd like to hear about the last few steps that a one percenter uses to get anything they want, you can find part two of the interview at ascendshow.com forward slash two. So again, that's where you'll find part two of the interview that I did with Sean. I definitely recommend you guys listen to it because as I'm sure you would agree, Sean has plenty of great things to say. Thanks for listening, Senders. Until next time.